Welcome to Sky High Results Online, where I interview the best online marketers and uncover their top strategies to drive the growth of their business. I'm your host, Victoria Gibson, and I'm here to share the best advice for women entrepreneurs to boost their online marketing efforts and get results now. Now, here's your episode. Hi there, and welcome to Breakout Success Online with Victoria Gibson. Today, I am joined by the inimitable Leonie Dawson of ShiningBizAndLifeAcademy.com. Now, many of you would already be familiar with Leonie Dawson. She is um, well known in the online space um, as you know, a leader amongst women and uh, women in business and in life. And she is uh, the most fun <laughs> of anyone um, I have. We haven't actually met face to face, but we've had we've had many chats and um, I'm completely inspired by her and wanted to share her with you all today. So welcome, Leonie. You make me laugh so much, Victoria. Thank you. I was just like, oh, shut up. Nobody mm-hmm. does know me. Like, I always just feel like this hippie up in the hills typing this little blog and I'm always so fucking surprised when people uh, <laughs> like me. I'm like, what? How is that possible? So that's really cute. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, people mention you to me all the time as well. So I know that, well, if they're in my audience or listening to this or interested in you know, online success as a woman, um, then they're going to know who you are. So, uh, really? it, yes, you need a very little introduction. Definitely. <laughs> That's so funny. And as a fellow, a fellow Australian, I needed to feature you, um, as one of my, uh, uh my first episodes of, of breakout success online as well. You're top of my hit list. So oh, um, yeah. So my patriotic flag. I really wanted to, you know, actually one of the reasons um, why people do mention you to me a lot is uh, is a lot of my clients or prospective clients will be mentioning you when I say to them, what kind of business would you like to create? And you would have to be one of the top muse businesses for, for women, um, either if they're starting out or they've already had some success and they're looking to grow their business. So I'm actually using this as a selfish um, exercise today because I'm going to get to perhaps kind of dig into the secrets behind your success and find out what's made your model work, where you've had to shift, change things and and shape it to, to work the way it has because it's been incredibly successful. And I know none of that's easy and you've worked your ass off in many ways, but you also have created a life of balance too. So... Um, yeah, so can you, can you just give me a little bit of background? Like I know obviously you've, you've been online for online for a while, but just give me a bit of history to that. Sure. You know, uh, I am probably the most surprised out of anybody on the planet that I could have created what I've created. Um, in that I was never, ever a business focused person, um, never interested in money or marketing or, any of those things really, you know, I was very much a creative and spiritual hippie, which I still am. And that's kind of, you know, the most important part of me. Um, when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was be a person who was a poet or a writer or an artist or somebody who changed the world. Those were my, you know, core aspirations. Um, when I left school, I really wasn't sure what that would end up looking like. And my parents, you know, would like, like many parents would say to me, well, you can't have a career in the arts because you will be a starving artist. There is no money in that. 
um, you you know you can't have a creative career basically um, without you know you otherwise be prepared to be very very poor um, and you know there just wasn't that much support there for me to to pursue that but it was it was the thing that drove me it was the, you know the, the thing that lit me up so after I left school you know I tried out lots of different jobs um, I was a legal secretary I um, did finance for a while I studied part-time at university during this whole time I went to three different universities um, all by correspondence before the online days so you know it was all like in paper packets and shit wow um, and, you know, I studied, like, everything under the sun um, that I thought I might be passionate about. Um, I eventually landed in Canberra and um, became a public servant. <laughs> Funny used- that, in Canberra. Funny that. <laughs> yes. Um, I even worked in Joe Hockey's office. Oh, um, did you? Wow. I did. He is a major wanker. Um- <laughs> awesome. That's a politician for our international uh, listeners, just to put it in context, there, Cam yes. is like our Washington DC. Yes, yeah. So um, he's, a, th- he's a politician. <laughs> I should say there are, you know, there were some really, really lovely politicians as well. Like Peter Costello was like the most handsome man I'd ever met. Like oh, I was really? so surprised. Wow. I know. Wow. And, okay. And sweet and kind. He's just one of those people who's really unphotogenic. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I know. Well, I go. know. And super tall, like crazy tall. Anyway, um, <laughs> I could gossip about politicians. Who knew? I love it. Yeah. I know. It. So this is the inside gossip. Um, so, and then I thought, I'm, I'm pretty ambitious anyway, so I thought, you know what, to change the world, I'm going to become Prime Minister of Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my, that was my plan. That As was my do. plan. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to work my way up to the public service, get lots and lots of experience and become Prime Minister of Australia, and then I would change the world. Um, and at a certain point, I had a mentor pull me aside and say, you know, Leonie, you do realise that you're better than that. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, you have so many gifts. And she'd been in the public service for a really long time. And she said, I just don't want you to see that you squander those gifts in the public service. Um, and it was, I was really grateful for her for saying that because she could see, you know, she knew how creative I was. She knew... Um, that I really wanted to craft a life of my own and she knew how much criticism, how much hard work and how difficult it would be to affect change from within the system. Mm. So um, I started and it was a real wake-up call for me and I I started getting back into more art stuff. I started taking art at um, Australian National University. Mm. Um, I became one of the top-ranking art students there um, and I started blogging and I just thought, fuck it, I have to find a way for me to have a creative career. I have to, I have to work this out because this is the thing that is calling me. I want to change the world. I want to heal the world. And this is, this is the most pure way for me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really frustrating for me as I was doing all that because I started my blog and I started selling art and it just was, it wasn't earning me enough money. You know, it, it was successful in lots of ways. You know, I was selling internationally. I had my own um, solo art exhibition and all sorts of stuff was happening, but I knew that I wouldn't be able to make a full-time career out of it. Right. Um, you know, that I would never be able to like, leave the office job. Um, and then there was a part of me that just said, you know what, fuck it. There is other people out there that have learned how to make money out of this. They have learned how to make $30,000 a year. If I just make $30,000 a year, 
then I would be able to quit my office job and just, you know, live a really simple life but get to do my art every single day. Yeah. Um, so I really committed myself to learning those business and marketing principles that would enable me to do that. Um, and what I discovered was that it's actually once you start learning those things and implementing them, it's, it's actually kind of easy in a way and that you can see those changes. And so I went on to do $30,000 that year. The next year I did sixty. The year after that I did one twenty. The year after that I did 240000 you know, up to a million dollars a year. Um, completely not what I was setting out to do, but it's ended up being like this perfect unfoldment and um, such a, a wonderful journey. I, I'm so excited that I get to, you know, create and write and help people and change the world and do it my own way and craft my own life as I do it. So when you started it, you were quite conscious that it needed to bring in income. It wasn't more a passion project. You were like, okay, how can I make this bring in income? Because yes. I need this. To- so so you had that intention from the outside. It, w- it was not accidental that that started bringing you income. It was it was 100% intentional and very much a, a goal that I set for myself. Yeah. Um, and very much, you know, I was determined to find how I could do it and just make it happen by hook or by crook. Yeah, that's and, – and so what What do you think moved the needle for you the fastest? What was the first thing that started to – where you started to think, okay, if I do more of this, it's going to bring more income, success, notoriety, or I'm going to get noticed more, or was there one – Thing, or was it a culmination of, of taking in a lot of information about how to go about this new business or opportunity yeah. for you? What, for me, was it was there? really committing to learning business and marketing yeah. and trying out every single thing that I learned. So I didn't just go and learn lots of things, but I'd go learn one thing and then I'd implement it, see if it makes a change. Right. And I'd learn the next thing, implement it, see if it makes a change. And, you know, I just worked really hard at making that happen and say, okay, you know, do I need to raise prices? Do I need to get better at sales pages? Do I need to promote more? If I, you know, try running my courses this way, will I earn more money? If I, you know, it was just just always just checking, okay, how much money will this earn me this way? Okay, how will that change sales? And working out every single part along the way, what earns more sales? Right, yeah. Okay, so just, so that was, so yeah, I mean, I I guess that that's the interesting part about this is that um, it it seemed like you, you had, you know, this also, you wove that into your message too, and that not, not the income bit, but it just didn't come across that from the moment I first saw your, your um, stuff online a couple of years ago, it was like, wow, I want to share this with you all. I've got this great message and you can you know, back then it sort of did have that more of the goddess feel and the, you know, get into your inner, tap into your inner goddess. It was less business and marketing focus, right? So totally. you were just helping women kind of get into their creativity from what I could see. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my, my business has never been just about the one thing. So, you know, it, it very much started as being very like goddess and um, new age spirituality and meditation and shamanic practices and all the things that I loved. And so, you know, I was selling art, I was running creativity e-courses and spirituality programs and selling meditation programs. Um, and that was, you know, that, that was my entire business. And then um, as more of my people, the creatives and the spirituals, um, you know, they all wanted to share their gifts with the world. And so they'd ask me, okay, well, you know, you've created a six-figure income 
out of, you know, doing what you do. Mm, yeah. How, how, how do you do it? So I started sharing that information as well. And, you know, I've kind of tra- changed as I've gone along. Um, you know, I don't use the word goddess as much as I used to. It's still, you know, kind of a part of that message. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it, it's, you know, always just checking in what feels right for me right now. How can I be um, the greatest help to the world? How can I be um, the best earth angel I can be? Yeah. So we, so um, just for those who don't know what you do and don't know about shiningbizandlifeacademy.com, can you just give us a rundown of what that current offering is? And then we're sure. just going to dive into what it used to be to see how that evolved. But just to catch yeah. everyone up on what you offer now. So um, my, my thing is that you can purchase all my life's work, you know, including all of the meditations and creativity and health and home um, and life enrichment programs that I've created along with my business programs. Um, and it's a, a membership program. It's four ninety seven a year and you get like I think nearly $3,000 worth of my programs mm-hmm. and, and workbooks and stuff like that. Um, and then you get a mastermind attached to it. So it's kind of like I just wanted to really make it easy for people if they want to access my work. Here it is. So here's everything that I can give you to support your life and business. Right. And you start, so you always had that sort of annual membership model. Was that always your offering? Or no. It's, um, so I started out, um, you know, selling piece by piece. Um, and, you know, I'd run, create, I'd run my courses in terms. So, you know, four times a year, you know, I'd have term one, term two, term three, term four and have different programs running and then people would have to sign up by deadline and then I'd take them through this, um, you know, this six-week or seven-week program that I was running. Um, and that was, you know, that was really successful for me. Um, and when I had my daughter, I was really cognizant of the fact that I didn't want to stay living in Canberra anymore and I wanted to go live in tropical paradise and to do that I'd need to have my husband leave his job as well because he was working for customs. Um, and um, so I, I remember breastfeeding my, my daughter and thinking how on earth am I going to earn what I need to earn um, in the next year, knowing that I've got a baby, you know, yeah. and that my time is really limited because I've got a really fussy baby. Yeah. Um, and so that was when the idea of creating this membership program, and originally it was called the Goddess Circle, then we rebranded the Shining Business Life Academy um, later, but the Goddess Circle, I just had this whole vision of just giving everybody access to everything I created you know, and then everything I'd create over the next year as well, they'd, they'd get given it in their membership. Um, so that's that's how it began. And, and it was very, um, it was only $99 a year to begin with. And then as we've created more and more programs to go in that, we've increased price. Great. Okay, perfect. And so tell me about that journey um, when you had Astara and you were, you know, you had your, your, a business that was already running. How... How did having a baby impact your business? Obviously, you've mentioned your strategy there and how to set it up. You were setting yourself up for for that transition. But what was the reality like? Um, it was pretty shit house, truth be told. Yeah. Um, and, well, for me, having my first daughter was not an easy ride for me for lots and lots and lots of reasons. Um, if anybody would like to read about it, it, there's a blog post called The Goddess with Postnatal Depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of my most popular blog posts. And it just shares the, the 
huge kind of life and spiritual journey that I went on um, after I had my daughter and I was completely unaware, uh, unprepared for the challenges that were ahead for me and I was very much a massive um, perfectionist and overachiever so I was trying to get A plus in parenting. Yes. Um, <laughs> which is not doable, not possible. Um, you just need to kind of take care of yourself first. Yes. Um, Yes, so that was it. Was a really huge wake up call for me. Plus, I had lots of other stuff happening. We ended up moving, and we moved back home to my hometown. And my parents promptly separated, so we were like there to witness the whole divorce. And right. it was not what I was expecting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that would have been well more than that. That would have been really fucking hard. The whole thing, right? Oh yeah, it was devastating. I was yeah. I just became a shell of myself. I was just like, what the fuck just happened to my nice life? Yeah. Um, and we had, and you know, I was so, I was so. This, this is so funny. I look back on it, mm. but I was, um, I never ever put my daughter down to sleep. Oh, um, wow. I constantly held her in my arms. So for the first, you know, I don't think I actually put her down. She was about eight months old. She was in my arms. Wow. Oh fucking shit! For oh, eight. Oh wow. Okay, Cookie. That would have been hard. That was stupid. It was very stupid. Well, it's not stupid. It's just your instinct at the time. I mean, we all yes. do different things. Like I had the, my baby is not going to interrupt my sleeping. And if it interrupts my sleep, then I've failed as a mother. Oh. So I was doing that. This baby has to go in this routine and do this at this time. And people would say, well, would you like to come out and catch up with us for a coffee? No, the baby <laughs> will be sleeping. That is a sleep time. That is sacred time. No, I do not leave the house. I do not move. Everything is around this whole routine to make my baby sleep through the night. Bless your heart. So it's just different, you know. It's just you pick something because it all feels so unknown and scary, right? You don't know what you're doing. So you want something to feel, but especially as overachieving type A women like ourselves. Yes, we're more prone to that. We're not. That's so true. We're not laissez-faire with things. We want to be in control, and when we're not in control, it, it makes us feel really off kilter. And so, so true. Motherhood brings that up like nothing on earth, and um, you grab hold of whatever works for you to try and get this control. So, in your instance, it was attachment parenting. In mine, it was like Gina Ford's contented little baby book was my bible, and I was not to hear any a word against that woman. She yes. was programming my child so that I would have lots of sleep, and I yes. actually did have lots of sleep, and it was great, but. At what expense? The whole time I was thinking about the routine and when she'd eat and when she'd sleep and when, you know, it was all consuming. I couldn't have run a business at that time. That was my business, the contented little baby. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. That kind of heals something inside me just to know that, you know, for us, tight, we do fixate on something to try and make it perfect because it is so crazy. It is. And so it doesn't – and that was the other thing I did learn from motherhood, um, not that this interview is about me, but it was it was that – you can't judge anymore. Like there's, mm. there is no judgment. I think it's so easy to judge before you have children about what you will and won't do when you have them and how things are going to be. And you just have to surrender to all of that because it's not about you anymore. And yes, you still have to weave in the things that keep you whole and keep you sane and healthy more than anything. Those self-care things I think are, are absolutely mandatory. Not that you really know that at the time. Mm. But, yes. But it's that sense of um you're here for something else and you do have to embrace that and in our society no one's prepping us for that no one we don't have these networks of support and endless 
you know, families who, or, you know, endless mothers who are still sitting at home ready to help you at every turn. Like I didn't have that. Um, my mum lived interstate and obviously yours, well, you moved back and then she obviously had her own dramas as well going on. So you don't feel like you have that extended support network and it's a really, really challenging time. So It is. It's just nuts. I, I think about the challenges of motherhood and I just think this is, this is so fucking stupid. It's, like we should... We should so be like tribal again, but there's a reason why we're not tribal anymore. It's because, you know, everybody wants their own ability to make their own decisions and sovereignty and all that sort of stuff. But the trade-off is that we don't have support when it comes to parenting. It's a massive trade-off and the woman does bear the brunt of it. Um, Big time. And I'm, I mean, I'm constantly amazed. I mean, we're in a mastermind with other women who have all been having babies the last 18 months, I guess. It's just this fertile bunch. Um <laughs> I've left my parenting. I've, I've definitely hung up mine, uh, my booties or whatever they are. Like they're not, not, not tempted to join in the fun there. But um, <laughs> I've definitely been one, you know, one after the other. And I'm constantly amazed by how you women are doing it because I just had no capacity in my brain for anything other than a baby at that point in time, especially with my first. I know mm. now you're onto your second, but it's still not really less challenging. It's more challenging when you've got a toddler as well as a baby. So how do you handle that? How do you, yeah. how do you do that? And I know you, you obviously, you know, you're not going to sit here going, Oh my God, it's all peaches and cream every day because it can't be, but like, no. tell me, are there like, you know, is there one survival strategy you've got to share? Cause I'm sure there's plenty of women, you know, who may be thinking about doing it or are doing it and would yeah. love some advice. So first and foremost, the big turning point for me was when my daughter was eight months old and I said to my husband, Chris, and this was after, you know, like I'd gone to like the doctors, I'd um, gone to therapists and counsellors and relationship counsellors and acupuncturists and healers and all that sort of stuff and all of that stuff helped. Um, But sitting down, my husband saying, you know what, I actually just have to, I have to leave my baby for two hours every single day. Mm. I need to go and I need to sit in quiet and I need to go get my work done and I just need to not focus on anything but right. that. Yeah. And and for me, it was extraordinarily healing. Like it was like my work was like my joy in life because I would get to run up the street and go sit in a cafe and do as much work as I could in mm. two hours. And that would fill up my well so much because I'm a total introvert. So, you know, if I've got somebody close to me 24 hours a day, that is the biggest energy zap of my life. So parenting for introverts is kind of shithouse, like extra shithouse. <laughs> and, and as you know, I'm a dedicated extrovert. So I'm like the more the merrier. But I don't need more children. No, no. <laughs> but I can imagine that would be, you know, you don't get your energy from being with others. So no. when you're with someone the whole time, that would be very draining. It's so draining. So for me, that being able just two hours. So you know what? If your if your husband isn't able to provide that, provide that service, you need to by hook or by crook find some way yeah. to get some support da- daily, preferably for you to get some work done and just be with yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's great advice. Excellent yeah. advice. Because it's such bullshit. If I have to work, um, you know, if I've got extra stuff that and I try and do it while my kids are around, it is like fucking nightmare. It is a nightmare, isn't it? And you, f- you beat yourself up because you think I'm a bad mother and I should be here for my children, but I'm trying to create a great future for them. And also as a woman, I need this outlet. Yes. Um, and it makes me feel great. And I know that also 
um, I'm serving other people with this with this work. So as you are, and it's like so there's that balance of trying to fit it all in, and it's it is a constant juggle, as everyone always says. It's true, right? It's totally. And if you know what, if if you're trying to do it and you don't have any support for your kids, and you're just trying to do it like mm. just while your kids are asleep, I just I feel like that's like a pretty quick way to burn out. Like, well, yeah, I definitely found that um, by doing a lot at night and and really not going to bed before two a.m. for a long period of time. Oh, and my right. body clock is actually still haven't got it back. Um, I, I you know I realize now I can't go to bed at two a.m. every every night, but. Um, my body clock still so likes doing that. Not in the morning, it doesn't, but at night, it do- it resists every urge to go to bed because I just did it for so long. Because it would be my time where I didn't have any interruptions. I'd be like, great, I can actually just go crazy. But it's the quickest way to burn out there is because your adrenals are just zapped. Yep. And you can't serve anyone, or especially not your clients, when you're exhausted you're not creating great work at all or totally so when so like support is just like fucking mm, paramount you need support by hook or by crook whether you know like it's parents like you you get your parents on board to give you support support or whether you hire a teenage girl to be a Mm. babysitter or you put your kids in chucky i don't give a fuck like whatever works for you as long as you give yourself support because you cannot do it all on your own without severely impinging on your happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So I think I think that's a great message. And, and just sometimes hearing that someone gives you permission to do that. I mean, there's sites like Airtasker and, you know, like these, these sites where you can get help at such a, a great value price that there really there's no excuse. And particularly if you are working on your business and you can generate some income from that work too, you're going to be more than, more than in front anyway. So. Absolutely. Um, and plus, you know, the more that you can um, preempt burnout, which is, um, I always talk about the economic cost of burnout. So if you look at like, if you burn out, how long will that take you out, you know, mm. and what will that mean? Like how much will you have to pay for the various like healing and health and med- medical bills and how much will you need to, you know, sleep and how much productivity is lost? So for me, I worked out years ago that my economic cost of burnout is that burnout, whenever I burn out, it costs me $10,000. Right. Okay. That's great yeah. that you've managed to work that out. Yes. <laughs> so that. That, that's going to be how much it ends up costing me. So anything I can do that's under that $10,000, then bingo, that's a saving. Oh, my God. That's a great way of thinking about it. I mean, how did you quantify the $10,000 just from history of doing it or just? Yes. Well, it's just, so I looked at, okay, if I was burned out, how many, how long would it take me to recover and what would be my um, my income gap? So yeah. what would I earn if I was at full speed and what would I earn if I was on burnout? Yeah. Um, and then over that amount of time. And so for me, that was $10,000. It's probably more now because I haven't done it for a couple of years and my yeah. income's worse more now. Um, mm. But yes, $10,000 is so minimal. If I can go and have a spa day and spend $200, yeah. guess yeah. what? Yeah. That's cheaper than burnout. Mm. Great. Oh, my God. I need to quantify mine. That would be good to know. Perfect. It's, but I've, really I've definitely easy. woven in more self-care now because I recognise it's not worth getting to the burnout stage. You just can't do it. You, you so can't. And then, you know, other things for me was getting a cleaner was completely mm. revolutionary. I didn't realise just how much of my time I spent cleaning. Oh, um, yeah. 
my God, I spent a lot of time cleaning and washing. <laughs> Holy shit, Kate. Oh, yeah, washing. Oh, I'm, I'm the same. I totally outsource that because I hate it as well. I hate cleaning and I hate washing. It doesn't give me any sort of satisfaction even when it's done. I'd rather just get someone else to do that. Totally. And plus, yeah. it's such a drain on your physical energy and your life. And I feel like I got my life back once. I didn't have to spend my whole weekends just running to keep up with cleaning. Oh, absolutely. So, oh, perfect. Good. That's that's great advice. So in terms of making your business run farther and faster, yep. what are you, a couple of tips for what's really made the difference? I know in the past you've talked a lot about list building and how important that's been for your success. Tell me a little bit more whether about that or whether there's something else that you go, okay, well, if there's one metric to focus on or if there's one area that you should dive into yeah what would it be? i mean this book building is really really important you know i've got uh over fifty thousand people on my mailing list now um right. and that is that's a huge asset to my company like when you have that many people on your mailing list and you have your, your marketing system set up it's it's really mm. you know it, it's a lot more effortless to earn really decent money mm. um you know i don't ever have to stress about money. I don't have to stress about cash flow because we've, we've got those systems. We've got that, that mailing list um, and we've, we've got everything kind of flowing along quite nicely. So it's, we're never at a point of like cash flow freak out at all, um, which is really lovely. And, you know, having a really good team and setting boundaries. Mm. Um, it was life changing for me when I got out of my inbox and stopped answering emails. So I don't answer any emails. Right. Great. Ever like there's my my inbox like nobody like I've got one inbox where my team will ask me questions uh, and my husband is allowed to send me funny jokes. Um, <laughs> that's it. No more talking, people. Like you know, like yeah. that's that's my that's the private zone for me. Um, so that I don't spend my time reacting constantly instead of creating. And have you found as well? Like even though you've had evolutions in what you've offered, it, it sort of has been this core offering. You've, you've focused on a real signature offer, even though that has evolved over time, might have changed prices, might have slightly changed format. You've mainly had one signature offer, right? Uh, over the last five years, yes, we've had one signature offer. So where you've had the most growth in your business has been by having that focus on one. I mean, I know we'll talk about your other sort of seasonal offer in a moment, but really have you found that that that's part of the secret to your success in having that focus on one, one signature offer and getting it really right? That probably, it probably is. I haven't really thought about that way. Um, I think you could have success by doing it, you know, by having multiple products and, um, you know, promoting, you know, having a really good pr- promotion schedule for them. Mm. But for me, you know, I don't think it's a secret that works for everybody and it might not be like the right choice for everybody. But for me, it definitely plays into my strengths mm. um, because I really love creating. I really, really love creating. Mm, yeah, yeah. Abs- yeah, so how do you balance that then? Because you're not coming out with a gazillion different offers all the time. So you love creating. Do you just find you can funnel that into your free or, you know, the, the, um, your blog or your emails or because you're not coming up with 20,000 different programs or maybe you are and then you can just put them in your main program or tell me. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, any, so it either goes, it becomes free content. Otherwise it becomes, um, bonuses for my Academy members. So, right. 
great. Yeah, okay. we create anything. It just all goes to my academy members. Um, and if it's something that I feel like might be a good free offering, then I'll give it away for free. Yeah. Okay. Great. So you can you can still channel some of your some of your um, content into into that way, and you don't have to be launching something new every five seconds, which is perfect. Exactly. And plus, like I've, I've realized, like there's a whole heap of programs that I've launched into the academy, like given to all my academy members. And like meanwhile, nobody else in the rest of the world, apart from my academy members, know about them because I like have not marketed them whatsoever. Mm. Um, so I, I think, oh, you know, I could probably go back and actually, you know, maybe create a sales page for them, just so people know that they're in the academy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be nice. <laughs> yes, why not? Absolutely. And what was I think um yeah, tell us the thing that where did you when when did you get the traction on your list like growth? Obviously, even getting to a thousand people can be tough, right? Um in the early stages, what do you think made the difference for you to really start to see all that move and snowball for you? Um honestly, it's I it, it hasn't really it, it's just been it wasn't one thing that just goes, oh, yeah, boom, that's mm. it. It was like every single part of the process like has been important to to putting it down the hill. Like I constantly set myself goals. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I want this amount of people on my list by this amount of time. Okay, what can I do to make that happen? What can I do today to make that happen? What can I do this month to make it happen? And then I just go and fucking do them. Right, Okay. Great. So, so it's like that, not one thing that you can do that you will see the instant change. The, like my secret is just continuous momentum, continuous implementation, continually seeing what works. So it's really consistency, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, consistency and showing up and sharing your shit. Yeah, exactly, and how important, how important that is. And also have you felt like you've got a – I love the way – we get a really great sense of you and you put yourself out there online to, from, from my perspective, it feels like, you know, you're so open and you share so much about who you are and what you stand for. Was that something you always just felt comfortable doing or did you have to push yourself to do that? Like for people who struggle with that, I struggle with doing that a bit. So I'd love to get some insights from you on whether that was just natural for you to do that or do you? Have yeah. To- I, I struggle with closing the book. Right. <laughs> I struggle with uh, working out how to actually have boundaries and privacy and stuff like that. Mm. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, You know, given my natural instinct, I would just talk about everything under the sun. I I think part of it is I just don't, I don't really have any shame. Right. Yeah. I think, I think I was kind of born without shame. I can't really think of a time where I felt shame. I mean, like I was bullied at school and all sorts of shit. Yeah. Um, and it's not like I had an idyllic childhood. It's just that I've, I've always firmly believed that my story could be healing for other people. And what's more, it can be healing for me. Mm. That by me telling my story, it would heal something inside me. And it 100% has. And in fact, I feel kind of unresolved about issues unless I write about them. Right. Okay. Which is interesting that you, you know, as an introvert, as a dedicated introvert, you have the ability to open yourself up to, you know, tens of thousands of people in such a, you know, open and private, well, most people would choose not to share some of the things that you've you've shared, which, and I think it's fantastic that you have, but it's interesting as an introvert, you felt comfortable doing that in a way it would feel like I, I would think you'd go more inside yourself but I guess your writing is it does help you bring all that out and bring it to the surface well you know I kind of think like introverts 
tend to do that in that you know I get so much energy from my writing yeah. and I, I really love sharing it with people but seriously don't ask you know like if I would had to have told my story to the amount of people that have read it like that would have been very draining for me but I love right. being able to share on a big scale without it taking much effort uh, and a, an introvert friend of mine said that she finds it easier to stand on stage and help 100 people than do small talk in a room. Ah, okay, interesting. And that's that's definitely how I feel. Like I, I get my jones off completely on, on being able to do, a, you know, a speech that would help, you know, hundreds of people. Public speaking is totally my zone. Um, but seriously, don't make me talk um, small talk. <laughs> Really? Yes. That's so interesting. That's so intriguing to me. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I think it's important for people to realise it's okay who you are. Yes. Like, it's okay for you to have the particular skills and personal makeup that you have. Mm. Just yeah. work with your strengths. Embrace it, right? Yeah. So yeah. when you were sending out an email that's highly personal, um, you know, stripped bare kind of material, you don't... I mean, obviously, someone probably even sends sends out your schedules, your stuff for you anyway. But if you were going to say, okay, that's that's ready to be published, do you have any hesitation, or it just feels like, right, I want that out in the world, like now? You do yeah. this. Okay. Wow, that's great. I love it. Well, I, th- I think you know, for me now, um, you know, total. To be totally honest, um, you know, I've, I've somehow reached a, 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 reached the level of success where now there's people that know me who don't like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's what's something that I don't understand is that um, they don't like me, and yet they read every single thing that I write, mm-hmm. and then they talk about it in hate forums. Right. Um, and so, look, I, I don't read the hate forums anymore. I was kind of when I saw it, I was like, wow, wow, that got really personal really quick. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's not just it's not just me. It's every single you know person who blogs that's reached a mm-hmm. you know a certain kind of level in their audience size for yep. some reason it just attracts the fucking weirdos yeah um so now that's for me it's kind of like oh okay right well i'm sure they're going to say some really awful things about this thing that i'm going to write like this thing i, I write oh well too bad for them like if that's yeah. how they choose to spend their time that's fine because i have to stay totally focused on the 99% of people who read it and they're going to get something really beautiful and good out of it. Mm. And that, that story will, you know, for, for some of those people, it's going to be very, very healing for them to hear mm. a real woman's take on this. And if somebody chooses to, you know, use it to say gross things and that says more about them than it's ever going to say about me, I know who I am. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's great if you can stay true to that. And it must be really difficult to do that I think um it you know what's in the four agreements you know don't take things personally is one of the agreements or something yeah um it's never about you it's about them and and you know that rationally but of course it's still going to hurt but I think yeah just staying on on path and on purpose and understanding how many you know people you do help and and um who absolutely love and adore everything about you it's just keeping that in perspective right yeah really and I, for me i'm so grateful for it because this has been such a wonderful spiritual journey like how cool is it that i get to really really know that the only person's opinion on me that matters is me mm. and that the only person that can truly know me is me and that the only person who can truly give me love and approval is mm. me yeah Absolutely. What a blessing to not just know that rationally, but have to fully fucking experience it. And I totally have so much compassion for celebrities now. Like, 
I understand completely why some like go off the rails mm. um, and then why some, you know, and, and just the journey they have to take in order to keep on turning up in the world and, and doing whatever it is that they do in the world and being so um, prominent and visible, that is a huge act of faith and courage and would have to be such a huge act of self-love. Mm. and presence within themselves like I think I think oh my god this must be like Miley Cyrus going through her stuff and some people just think she's the worst person ever mm. yeah how must she feel I know how does she see herself and also at her age like remember being that age and to deal with all that on top yeah. of it I just I mean how how I don't know how she how she's doing it or how they do do it I I think it's pretty phenomenal so it's Amazing. So I give major props to Miley. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, Taylor Swift writes about it in, you know, the latest song, yeah. Shake It Off. And it's, you know, what, a, what an amazing philosophy to have to embody to totally know that other people's opinions of you do not matter and that you just keep on turning up and doing your work in the world anyway because that's the thing that brings you life and joy and love and that's the thing that you're born to do and so you can't stop doing it yeah absolutely and to know that at that age too to be able to write lyrics like that and understand it's like you may say these things about me but I know who I am and I'm gonna keep keep moving on I mean I think it's phenomenal so amazing so, so that's great and and that sort of weaves, um, weaves back as well into the other area of what's helped you you know you said you're very focused on on goals and and planning and things like that so you've had great success um, at the start of a, a, a new year over the last few years with your um, your workbooks and this year's no different in that you're releasing your creating uh, create your shining uh, year in, in life and business workbook which people can get at shiningworkbook.com but tell me tell us more about how those work they're these amazing planning tools for creating the best business and life you can um and start off your year exactly the right way so tell me a little bit more about them because they're so unique and fabulous i love thank you well it started out six years ago yes this is our sixth year of producing them and at that time i was pregnant um i was still in my office job part-time because my business was growing on the side and um you know i was it was the Christmas period at work, and so, like, fucking nothing was happening. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I used to like working that period, though, because like, you didn't have to do any work, and then you didn't take your leave. It was fabulous. <laughs> you just sit there and stare at the window going, holy fuck. Um, and I sat there, <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, public service, because this workbook has made me how much? Probably a oh, million yeah. dollars, at least. Wow. Um, <laughs> Love it. That's really funny. Um <laughs> Thank you, Australian government. Appreciate it. <laughs> Don't worry, you paid it. it back in tax, so yes, it, it, yes. it's fine. Yes. Um, anyway, so I was sitting there and um, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, I've got a big year ahead of me with my business and I've, I'm pregnant and, you know, I need something to get me through. And you know what? I, I should just write some goals down. Ah, oh, fuck it. You know what? I'll just draw myself up a little workbook and I'll colour it in, make it because goals just typed into a Word document are not going to motivate me whatsoever. It's going to be really fucking boring. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I'll just create myself a little workbook. And so I, you know, sat there and then I'd go home and I'd paint it and, um, and created it. And it ended up being this gorgeous workbook that they covered all areas of life and, and money goals and all that sort of stuff. And, um, at the end, I was like, wow, that's really adorable. Oh, my God, I think some people might even buy that. Um, and so I just offered it to the world 
totally on a whim. I think I released it like 25th of, 24th of December, I think. Yeah. Totally not, you know, kind of a, a good time to <laughs> sell stuff. Yeah. But it went bonza. It went nuts. I sold thousands of copies. Um, wow. Within a month. And then it just... And then I, every single year I've continued to add to it and then we created the business, I created the business edition of it um, because people wanted one not just for their life but for the business as well and it ended up turning into this kind of huge cult hit because people would use it and then they'd realise, oh my God, all my fucking goals are coming true. Like for some reason it's got this kind of magical quality if you write it down in this workbook, they fucking come true. Um, wow. So <laughs> it's, it's been kind of amazing and so people... You know, there's, there's so many people that have used it every single year for the last five years and they're all like waiting and sending emails going, when's 2015 coming out? When's 2015 coming out? Which is so adorable. Um, so this year we've got amazing, beautiful printed workbooks as well um, that we created and printed and self-published ourselves and they're oh, fucking wow. gorgeous. I'm so in love with them. You get a free. Oh, I can't wait to get mine. Oh, <laughs> I love it's... them. I'm so in love with it. It's spiral bound as well this year oh, so that you can really open it out, fill it out. And it comes with a wall planner, which looks really nice. And it comes right. with a monthly check-in. So not only do you, like, go through and you write all your goals for your life and your business in every single area, um, then it's got, like, monthly check-in sheets as well. So you go back and revisit and go, okay, am I, am I on path or am I not? And it's so motivating. I fucking love it. And honestly, this whole thing of creating goals and like checking back in on them so regularly honestly it's just changed my life so much it's made such a fucking difference it's huge oh fantastic i know i love it i've used it every every year and um i couldn't speak more highly of it and i think that um so when they'll they'll be on sale obviously when when we um air this but they can go to shiningworkbook.com um and grab a copy so you can still get your e-cop e-version if you want to um go paperless or you can actually get a spiral bound book and with totally. chart. Oh, I love. And they start, the investment only starts at like nine ninety five or something ridiculous like that. So it's an absolute steal. I love it. We're just trying to make it as cheap as possible because we want as many people as possible to realize like that your dreams are doable and that you and those dreams that you want to bring into the world, that is going to make your life. And it's also going to change the world in the process because the more that we have, passionate inspired women who are fucking living their dreams and making them happen like holy shit miracles can be achieved everything can be achieved when you've got like women who are creating such powerful things in their lives i love it that's absolutely beautiful so we'll put a link um in the podcast show notes as well so people can um can click onto that otherwise shiningworkbook.com and if you if you are not subscribed to leone's list you really need to go to um, shiningbizandlifeacademy.com or just google Leonie Dawson and um, get on over to her site her blog posts are um, insightful wise, motivating um, inspiring and lots of fun and as someone who struggles to share things online I um, I take lots of inspiration from your openness so uh, I love I love uh, getting your emails in my inbox oh thank you great so and no and I, I love having um the access I do to you um as another you know fellow fellow woman on this journey you inspire me um so much so I'm so happy that you were able to come and share some of those beautiful pieces of wisdom and also about being a mum and having one of those businesses you know it's not easy at times so 
Really, and it's, it's it's just you know boundaries are like the greatest gift in the world. Honestly, have have boundaries, set the parameters of how you want your life to be, and then work out how to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely, beautiful. Well, thank you, my love, and um, I'll look forward to catching up with you soon. Oh, blessings and love. Mwah, 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 mwah. Mwah, mwah. <laughs> I'm dedicated to bring the best marketers to you right here on Sky High Results Online. If you're a woman looking to rapidly grow your business with powerful online marketing campaigns and the support of a brilliant group of like-minded entrepreneurial women, head on over to victoriagibson.com.